welcome to the second episode of Gore Gab. I am your host, Ryan Uncle Ponyboy Wheeler, and I'm here with your co-host with the most, DJ Gill. And tonight we are going to talk about the 1982 trash classic, Basket Case. Basket Case. Oh, I don't know, man. This this is a tough one. Uh, basket Case, more like Trash Get Case. Daniel... Daniel's not a huge fan, I don't think. I mean, I, I, I you know, I, I, I laughed. Uh, I, I kind of enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, there, this left left me wanting something different. <laughs> not wanting more, wanting something different. This movie's considered a. Um, it's considered like a cult classic, man. Like there are a lot of people that are really into this movie. Like they really dig this. They think this is. They see this as like Frank Henenlotter's like classic yeah. addition to the you know to to the horror genre I, I guess and i i mean i i understand like the appeal here but uh to me if you're going to watch shitty 80s horror movies i feel like there's better choices um but well hen and lauder uh he didn't make the best movies anyway i mean he his, this, the movie he's he's probably most known for after Basket Case would be Frankenhooker. Frankenhooker. Uh, another classic, I'm sure. <laughs> that is one. I saw that years ago. I haven't seen it since, but I know that it is uh, definitely one that should be watched. So that, that may be a later, a later episode. So let, let's jump right into Basket Case here. So we, we start off this movie... With some some random person, some middle aged man in his home, uh, being chased by something through his house. It, yeah, it, my first impression going into this when we start the movie is I'm wondering if this thing was shot on a fucking Super Eight because it <laughs> looks like pure shit. Uh, a sixteen millimeter, maybe. I, you know, and I don't know. I don't know if we were watching a restored version of this or or what, but it uh, it it. Doesn't look good. It, it, it was Synapse Films, uh, their Blu-ray release of it. I mean, so this was an actual Blu-ray. Blu-ray, and yeah, I mean, and again, I know a lot of that goes back to when it was shot and the how low budget this movie was. But at the same time, you know, I feel like people have done more with less. Right. Right. But um, well, see, a lot of people's argument on this too is that that movies back then people went in with an idea. And no budget, and they just made it. Like, did whatever they had to do to make the movie. So, I mean, you gotta kind of respect that a little bit, too. Yeah, I mean, it's clear that he went in with no idea what he was doing. Doesn't make it any better. <laughs> it does not make it any better at all. So, so anyway, this guy's being chased around his house. There's this... There's several cuts to, like, shadows yeah. on the wall. Classic something in the woods, something in the house. Um, some... I'm trying to figure out the um, the sound effects here and the score. It sounds like there's fucking flies buzzing around the microphone. Yeah, there's some weird stuff going um, on for sure. And I don't know if it's just... Bad. I, I don't know if this was done on purpose or not, but um, uh, really the whole whole score and soundtrack of this movie are pretty shitty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and <laughs> I, I don't know how you feel about it, but to me, like... Well, the 80s had some great shit, and... Yeah. and, and by 80s standards, I would say it is not... It's not good. Um, not top 100. No, <laughs> no, no. And like like I said, I mean, no, normally, like, I, I get off on that cheesy 80s synth sound, but this is just done in a 
um, in a way that doesn't really work for me. <laughs> right. Okay. So, All right. Understandable. But, understandable. I mean, it's not the best for sure. So this guy's being chased around his house. He pulls out a gun at this. Uh, the, the shadows look like lumps. I mean, they're just like, they look like biscuits. <laughs> yes. It looks like somebody's got a light with a biscuit and shining the shadow <laughs> onto the wall. Definitely some uh, Red Lobster cheese biscuits used for special effects yes. here. Yeah, and he's, uh, he pulls out a gun, which, he, uh, it's the awkward, it's pretty awkward the way he gets this thing out. Yeah, I mean, so he's he, not, he pulls out this six shooter and, and just, what I, from what I can tell is only, he's just shooting randomly at this point. It's uh, pretty haphazard. With no, no direction, unloads his full cartridge, all of his cartridges, just gone. <laughs> Shot into the shadows. Um, I also feel like I need to make a note that straight out of the gate, we are introduced just to some great acting. Uh, We're going to talk a lot about the acting. You can call it that. <laughs> this, this is. A, I don't know if it's correct. You know, and I, I don't expect much from '80s slasher flicks. Um, but I think this really sets the bar for terrible acting. It's pretty bad. Um, it's pretty bad. So, anyways, we're back. We're back in this house. Uh, the <laughs> yeah. lumpy biscuit is after the unknown man here. Well, ba- basically, what happens is the guy shoots a bunch of the worst shots I've ever seen. Like, yeah, he's th- just all over the place I, with this gun. I don't know if he could have made worse use of his ammunition. No, it, no. <laughs> It, that was as bad as it gets. I mean, this guy's never shot a gun in his fucking life, but he's carrying one or has one with him. Has or... one. Doesn't know how to fucking use it. He knows how to shoot it, yeah, but yeah. It doesn't understand the, like, point at something and shoot at something. He He's just so terrified of the lumpy biscuit <laughs> that, that he just, uh, you know, unloads his his gun in the general direction of nothingness. Sheetrock, mostly. <laughs> yeah. Mostly sheetrock. For sure. So then this lump... Rips his face off, basically. I mean, that's pretty much... He cuts him up a lot with his fingernails. And this is is kind of a... um, It's like he's killed by being gently scratched across the face. There's there's no, like, vicious attack. You see a, a claw come down, but, like, the way it's done is it just looks... Like somebody's scratching his face. And well, he... I hope you like that because there's more of that. <laughs> there's so much <laughs> face scratching in this movie. There's more of that on the way for sure. So then it cuts basically after this random murder of some middle-aged man with glasses. We who's just going home right, from work. We we get the first sightings of Dwayne, the main character of this movie. Dwayne Bradley. Dwayne Bradley. So Dwayne Bradley is walking down the street. And first of all, let me give you kind of a rundown on Dwayne Bradley. If you can imagine Eddie Van Halen mixed with Mark Hamill uh, and just kind of a general ugliness added on top of it, that that is exactly what the character... Dwayne looks like. I mean, he's got this sweet fucking poodle fro, man. It's nice. It, it's it is nice. fucking intense. Played I, by the amazing Kevin Van Hintenrick, I H- believe is how, is how you pronounce his name. Who, who, uh, from what I've 
heard from you <laughs> later decided that uh, it would be better to go by uh, Kevin Van Hattrick, I believe. Um, yeah, Kevin Van Hattrick. He just randomly decided to change his name, possibly to get away from this movie. He's got to be a he's got to be a hockey player, right? <laughs> uh, or soccer, but. That was in a oh that was in a movie called Dry Bones. Dry Bones from 2013, which looks if you look at the poster for this movie, it looks beautiful. So I think we yes. must yeah. yeah no that looks pretty great. Uh, it's like a it looks like the scene from The Shining where Jack Nicholson is sticking his head through the door, except Jack. Jackal Nicholson? <laughs> Yo, old, jackal. Old, jack, old Jackal. Old Jackal Nick. Uh, he, he's maybe like a zombie or something. I don't yeah, know. No, it's it's more like yeah, like a demon or a zombie or so, something. So like anyways, if you guys are interested, probably should check out Dry Bones. Uh, Dry Bones. Kevin Van Hattrick. Kevin Van Hattrick. So so Kevin Van Hattrick's walking down the street. Uh Dwayne Bradley, his character's name in the movie. Eddie Van Hamel. Eddie Van Hamel. And uh, he he's being like uh, followed by this like literally the best drug dealer of all time. This motherfucker <laughs> has literally everything, any kind of drug you could ever want. And is this a theme for? I mean, we covered this in the last episode. There was a condom salesman mm-hmm. in Blood Rage who had every kind of common common condom <laughs> that you could imagine. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then in in this movie, and I don't know, maybe it's just coincidence, but within the first two minutes of the movie, the main character is confronted by a man who has literally all of the drugs. Every drug you could ever imagine. I mean, this guy, go, he sits there and goes through. He just is rattling him off. He's like, hey, man, you need this, you need this, you need this, you need this, you need this. And he just goes on and on and fucking on. You definitely know this movie was shot in the 80s because he mentions quaaludes. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gotta get them quaaludes. <laughs> Those quaaludes. So he checks into this hotel. Hotel Broslin. The Hotel Broslin. The Hotel yes. Broslin. A real nice joint. Yeah. Um, real nice joint. Just walks into the lobby and everyone in there is an asshole. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A yeah. straight asshole. Uh, because he has money. He, he walks in and he pulls out like this wad of cash to pay for the room. I guess they're an asshole because they think he doesn't have money. And then he, he pulls know. out the cash and the Danny DeVito looking fuck behind the counter. <laughs> Bob Hoskins um, is, uh, you know, like, oh shit, he's got money. So they they set him up with a room, and so from here we go. He, he checks in, he you know, and it starts going up the stairs, and he is confronted by Josephine. B- uh, bombarded, bombarded might be by some Josephine. And, and this again, there, there's a lot of points in this movie where uh, you just kind of have to say what the fuck because there's a lot of things that happen that literally have no bearing on the plot or like I mean I kind of figured maybe Josephine would be a main character yeah I mean she she lives in in the same place that he does and you would think that they would kind of elaborate on that and like maybe have some character development like these people that live in this place with him but they're pretty much just they're all one dimensional yeah yeah and she, so he's confronted by her on the stairs, and she goes on some weird tirade about somebody who used to live there or something. Literally, this has nothing to do with the fucking movie. There's or... no, it's the most irrelevant conversation I've ever heard. Right. And so I, I'm not really sure what the point of this was, but, uh, 
so after that, he goes in. <laughs> this is when he, we first get our our first glimpse of what what I wrote as the obvious late seventies prostitute. Oh yeah, seventies prostitute as fuck. Yeah. Guys. So, <laughs> <laughs> There's no other way to describe it. And I, I think right when you see... So, uh, the first time we see her, this weird fucking, uh, like, Kenny G-esque saxophone music starts playing. And there's a guy, like, rubbing his fingertips on her butt. <laughs> <laughs> it's really... It's kind of fucked up. I, and it doesn't... It's just super fucking weird <laughs> I know. it's just it's pretty random stuff happening yeah so in this, in this uh hotel apparently right this, this is more random than the events in american horror story hotel yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean at least in in that the events in the hotel all kind of come together here none of these things really matter uh oh no no not at all yeah so so he checks into his room and locks the door, and the entire time that he is checking in and everything, he's carrying this big basket with a lock on it. I can't him. believe we haven't we haven't, we I, haven't I, even I, talked uh, about the basket. Uh, this is Basket Case, the movie, and we f- failed to mention the basket. The basket. <laughs> yeah, he carries this basket everywhere with him. Right, and so he, he checks in, and obviously there's some fucked up shit going on with the basket. Right. Hence the name Basket Case. Basket Case. Uh, so he he checks checks in, goes to his hotel room after. This is when he feeds him. Yeah, after you know talking to Josephine and seeing seventies prostitute <laughs> as fuck, checks into his room. There's a scene where he goes downstairs and asks where he can get some food. He goes and gets some burgers. Comes back, and he opens. This is the first time he opens the basket, and he fucking just gets. Off on feeding whatever is in this basket. Yeah, it doesn't show you. You get no. So you don't see what's in the basket. But the first, the first I thing mean, you assume it's a lumpy biscuit. It's got to be a lumpy biscuit, according to the first scene. Uh, but so he starts feeding whatever is in this basket, and at first he's like taking the hamburgers out and. Uh, pulling the buns off and throwing the meat in, and then eventually he just starts throwing the burgers in, and then at some point he just pours the bur- uh, like five burgers in burger sack, uh, yeah, aluminum and foil and all, uh, and he just like just gets off on this shit. I've never seen so much joy in a person's face <laughs> feeding something just burger after burger after <laughs> burger out of a bag. So he's he's feeding whatever is in the basket, uh, and then he pulls out some random bloody folder, which we can only uh, guess ha- has been confiscated from the scene of the first crime. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we get into here. We start to get into the the main plot of the movie. Um, Fantastic plot. Great, great fucking plot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Super awesome. So he, he he's looking through, he's looking through some files, and, and we see some names. Uh, we see a Dr. Cutter's name listed. And Dr. Needleman. And Dr. Needleman, which Dr. Cutter is a great fucking name. With a K. With a K. Uh, and when you find out what Dr. Cutter has been up to, the name will be even better. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so we we find out that he's looking for Dr. Cutter... 
and uh, looks through the phone book, can't find her. And so that's going to kind of push our plot here. Yeah. Um, so we, we now have a... We know he's looking for some doctors. He's on a mission to find these doctors. Uh, he decides that Dr. Needleman, uh, also a great fucking doctor name. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Know, uh, Needleman and Cutter. Needleman and Cutter. Uh, you find out Needleman, he, I guess he knows where Needleman's practice is. So he decides to get a good night's rest here. Yeah, it takes a nice takes a, a nice sleep. And so in the midst of his sleeping, you hear some scuttling around on the floor. Uh and he he's talking to someone. Uh and you You don't hear a voice. You don't though. hear a voice back. But he's talking. But you know there's something going on here. Um and at this point we don't do we don't know the name of the creature yet, do we? No, no. Right now it's just we don't even know what, whatever's in the basket. Whatever's in the basket. We don't even know what it is at this point. Yeah, we we don't know. We literally know that he, Eddie Van Hamel, Eddie Van Hamel has a basket he carries around everywhere, and he, that he talks to, and he has a folder with doctors' names. in Folder it. with doctors' names. Put that together, however you, however you choose. Yeah, I, you know, and I I don't know that. So there's this scene here where he's sleeping and he he becomes very angry with the whatever's in the basket because he's trying to sleep and it won't let him sleep. Yeah. And so there's a you, you get this weird dynamic between uh, there's definitely a love hate relationship between oh yeah the basket creature like leave me alone yeah so which by the way we we should probably go ahead and talk about how Dwayne has two two styles of acting. Um, there's there's bad acting, and, and then there's Bobcat Goldthwait. Oh my God, yeah, man, he sounded so much <laughs> like him. It so, was so weird. <laughs> so these are the the only two, um, diff, like the only two things he does is just terrible, terrible acting. Oh yeah, and Bobcat Goldthwait type. Acting, I, I don't really know. It's not supposed to come across as comedic, now. Bo- but now, Bobcat's done some stuff later in his career that's been pretty good. Yeah, and you watch old Bobcat, and you're like, man, this guy is like nails on a fucking chalkboard. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I guess some people like it, but yeah, it's. <laughs> I, I've never seen a better Bobcat Goldthwait impression. I don't even know if that's what he was going. He's not for, even but, meaning to do it, but he does a pretty. That's just that's him yeah, happening. It, so, so he sleeps after his like uh what looks like a mental conversation with someone. Like he's having some kind of weird interaction with something and they're scuttling around his room. Possible biscuit. Possibly <laughs> a, a bad biscuit. Kind of crab looking biscuit creature. And he gets up the next day and he decides he's gonna go to Dr. Needleman's office. He's gonna go see this doctor, and he. This is where we first see the secretary. The secretary. First of all, the first thing we need to comment on is the hair. Um, it's shockingly bad wig. A uh, crazy, Wor- crazy wig. Worst wig you've ever seen. Uh, also accompanied by some intense fucking eyeshadow. Oh uh, man, yeah. It was like oceans above her eyeballs. Yeah, it it, it looks 
I don't know what what could you compare this to. I I don't know. I've been sitting here. I just said oceans above her eyeballs. Which, I mean, that's what it is. It's endless blue. That doesn't. It sounds really dumb. Yeah. That I mean, it doesn't. Like I mean, she looks like what you would think of. I mean, like a prostitute would look like. <laughs> Okay, all right, yeah. Like someone who doesn't have time to wash their hair, so they just put on this nasty wig and then just paints the fuck out of their face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's it's pretty fucking terrifying. She looks ridiculous. So, So... This is Sharon. Sharon, who will who will become one of the main characters. Yeah. Oh, immediate main character. Yeah. She her face and wig alone, and that makes it definitely uh, something that's hard to forget. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so they're that, letting you know that she's here to stay. She she immediately begins, and this is the problem with her is she doesn't ever shut the fuck up. Oh my god. She she just talks and talks. There are so many run-on sentences that she delivers. It is insane. And oh yeah, you can't get a you can't get a word in. Right. Immediately she mistakes him as the guy that's come to fix the typewriter. Uh and then that turns into some rant about tourism in New York City. Uh and anyways, the they hit it off. Let's just let's just cut to the chase here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, For some reason, she is attracted to this man. She wants that. I mean, it's probably because he looks like Eddie Van Hamel. Probably. Uh, I mean, that's it, a good combo it, of people. It is some sex appeal. It's sex appeal, and, and then the in the hair. The hair. He's got the most beautiful curly white boy fro I've ever seen in my life. It is outstanding. <laughs> I I've never I. I mean, it looks. I mean, it's like his hair. It looks exactly like Eddie Van Halen's from the '80s, except maybe better, <laughs> if that's yeah, possible. Yeah. Uh, so he he basically tricks her into thinking that he is someone that Doctor Needleman knows from back home. And well, he, he, no, he even tells her. He says, "Don't give him my real name," and he gives her a fake name, and she's like, "Oh yeah." I totally get that. Like she, she's just a dude just coming in and he's like, listen, I'm going to give this doctor a fake name. I need you to do that for me. Like, who would do that and not be like, something weird is going she's on She's definitely here. not a good secretary. Like, is he going to murder yeah, my he, boss? He, he is. Yeah, she doesn't give a she, shit. She doesn't even know. She goes straight. She's all in from she's like, like word one. Oh, yep. You have an appointment right fucking now. <laughs> and he pretty much goes straight in. Yeah, and walks straight. Does he bring the basket in with him? He brings the basket with him. I, You know, I can't remember if Needleman uh, speaks to the basket, like says something about the basket. No, because he, he comes in and he's like talking to him as Dwayne Smith right. instead of Dwayne Bradley. And he comes in and he shows him his... Shows him his scar. His scar and he's like... <gasps> And he realizes who he is. And, and so at this point, you start to put it together. Yeah, yeah. Whatever's in the basket has been lobbed off of the side. Was once on his body. <laughs> of Dwayne Bradley. Uh, and here, here we get into, again, the low budget. I mean, I've seen some pretty good low budget effects and low budget makeup. This, this scar is fucking terrible. It's weird. Okay, look. This was really strange to me because it looked it looked like computer 
generated effects. I, it to, was weird. It had me, like this weird like. To, I don't know. I to just me, can't even describe it. This, to, this is what it to me what it looked like was it looked like someone took an overhead projector <laughs> and took a transparent one of those transparent slides mm-hmm. and just kind of like drew some lines and shit on it and then shone it on his side. That is exactly what it was. <laughs> it was a projector on his body, right? And, <laughs> and instead of doing actual makeup, they they just. Shown a projector on the side of his body. I'm over here like, man, it looked computer generated. No, it's a fucking projector, man. <laughs> they don't have money to use computers on this film. Uh, so the secretary asks him out after his visit. Yeah, he, he leaves which his... Which Needle, Needleman obviously knows who this guy is. And, and so what I don't understand is why he needs to go see him and show him... So, I mean, if his plot, if he's trying to get to Cutter, Dr. Cutter, and the only way that he can get to Dr. Cutter is because he knows where Dr. Needleman is, why even go see him? He doesn't ask him for any information on Cutter. Yeah, it's not like he's he? like, yeah, no, no, no. He, it's not like he's like, he's, uh, he's tell not, me where Cutter is. Right, he's not investigating. He just shows up, shows him the scar and says, peace out. Yeah, but they were both in on it, right? Yeah, they were both so, in on the uh, removal. Right. And so like I mean I understand the need for vengeance against both of these doctors, but as we're going to find out he's going to steal the information. Oh yeah, yeah. from him. So why yeah. why need to even visit him? Right. No, no, I understand what you're saying. It totally yeah. I mean it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it makes zero sense. No sense. But, well, what makes even less sense is that he leaves the doctor's office and then he decides I'm going to go to a kung fu movie, he does go to a kung fu movie. I mean, with I guess, but with, with with the case, with the basket case, he, he takes the basket. I, and I don't know if he bought one ticket or two tickets. Now, who knows? Uh, but he is sitting in the movie theater, and, and there's this weird, this weird motherfucker. He's chilling behind him a few rows back across the aisle, and he's just like rubbing his arm. He is rubbing the shit out of his arm. Like that's that's getting him. That's taking him down to bone town, basically. <laughs> he, rubbing his pit, staring at... At the basket. At the basket. <laughs> he just fucking... So that's a nice fucking basket. I don't know about you, man, but when I am like just trying to restrain myself from doing something, I typically rub my armpits. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, especially if it's sexual deviancy. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. If, <laughs> if I see some sort of object and I want to fuck whatever's inside of it and I oh, can't yeah. control myself... <laughs> I typically rub, rub my your armpits. Pits. Yeah. <laughs> just, so he's rubbing. The, he's just like, but he obviously it does that doesn't work for him. No, because because Dwayne falls asleep. Dwayne nods off. Big mistake here. B- big mistake. And rubby armpit guy, rubby, rubby, rubby armpit guy, steals the basket. Steals the basket. He then takes it into the bathroom to break into the basket, which I'm guessing he thinks there's like... Which you would assume he was going to have sex with whatever was in there. Yeah. Or the basket itself. Maybe just the dude is just really turned on by weaved objects. That's a nice weave. It is a nice weaved basket. Not the hair. The (laughs) The, basket. The basket. (laughs) Hair's nice, too. Yeah, but I'm going for the basket. Uh, So, this guy opens the basket, he gets into it, and just gets... His face fucked Annihilated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you hear some screech or something. That, obviously, they're going for a jump scare here. Does not deliver. No, yeah, it doesn't. No, it's it's not. It, it doesn't make you jump. If that's what they were going for. 
doesn't happen. Yeah, uh, there's a big uh, high note strike in the uh, Tipsy <laughs> ad to try and yeah. jump you into, but yeah, just nothing. Didn't happen. Nothing happens. Uh so this it's, guy dies. No, he he runs out of the. Oh yeah. Yeah, he gets away, but he's got his face fucked up. Yeah, yeah, he just got a little. Whatever's in the whatever's in the basket. Uh, yeah, whatever's in the basket scratched his face in the same manner as the first the, guy, but the, this guy didn't die from the scratch the to biscuit. the face. No, he gets away scot free like that. And, and Everybody is, else. So so the other people are just getting their faces fucked up. This guy gets away with it, uh, and then. Eddie Van Hamel runs back into the bathroom because he realizes the wakes up, realizes the basket's gone, uh, and then finds him in the bathroom. Yeah. Now, now he finds the basket and whatever's in the basket, and I honestly don't remember. Yeah, at this point, it's I, listen, guys. Let me explain this to you. I've seen this movie four or five times in my life, and I still have a hard time remembering. What happens exactly? <laughs> That's how well it sticks into your brain. Not like, well at all. Not not well at all. Yeah, it's just one of those. Uh, it's like while you're watching it, you're you're enjoying it. it oh, it's very enjoyable. And, and I know I we as as we started off, it seemed like maybe I hated this movie, but that's not the case. I I just have this. It does not sit well. Uh, it does. It's not something that you remember um, all the scenes to, no, or really anything about it. Maybe, maybe the kills. Yeah, and, and even then, they're but just yeah. Even at that, I, I still didn't like. When we a, skimmed back through it before we before we recorded tonight. It was it was. I still had a really hard time. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and that's just I think goes. You're gonna enjoy the movie when you watch it, but you're. It's not gonna. You know, it's not gonna stick with you. <laughs> no, no. Uh, you might remember a few scenes because there's definitely a few scenes that I remember. There's some great scenes, but I, it's I think, one of those movies you just throw out there. You're just like, man, have you ever seen Basket Case? Right. And, and so at this point, I think we should go ahead and just let you know the name of the creature because I don't remember when the name comes up. I think we, I think we looked it up prior to watching the movie. Yeah, but uh, I don't. I, like I said, out of the five times I've seen it, I still couldn't tell you when we find out his name yeah, is. It, in the movie, I'm not sure. I'm sure it comes oh, yeah. up at some point, but I don't remember when. But So the creature in the case is, and quite honestly, this might be the greatest name of all time. Yeah, maybe. His name is Belial. Belial, yes. Belial. The basket living The basket thing. living. We still haven't seen him yet at no, this point. no. But we're going to go ahead and let you know that his name is Belial. And if you haven't figured it out, he was definitely Dwayne's conjoined twin. Conjoined twin at some point. That he now carries around in, in a, a basket. basket uh, which which he's obviously really nice. And I'm not sure which one is the basket case. Oh, now see, now we're getting into some deep <laughs> shit. That's now, about as much analysis as you can do on this. Now movie. we're getting into some deep stuff. But I mean, maybe hey, maybe there's way more layers to Basket Case than we ever even imagined. I seriously doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so the next thing that happens is we Dwayne. Cut, we cut back to Needleman's office. Yeah, Dwayne is there. Needleman's on the phone. With, is it Cutter that he's on the phone with? Yeah, so he calls Cutter, who's having a. Odd dinner with cuddles. Oh, cuddles, yes. Her date that she 
affectionately refers to as Cuddles. As Cuddles, which uh, she gets a call from Needleman, who is trying to warn her that that the kid they operated on to remove his conjoined twin was at his office looking for her, and she's just a fucking bitch about it. Oh, yeah. She doesn't give a shit. No. Uh, First of all, why is this guy so scared that... He's fucking terrified. Of this this part makes no sense to me at all. <laughs> yeah, the kid comes to see him and shows him his scar and maybe asks him some questions and stuff, but he just immediately assumed he had a mutant lumpy biscuit <laughs> Siamese twin in his basket. Right. And so he's fucking terrified, freaking out. So Dwayne shows up, and I guess he did have reason to be terrified because Dwayne shows up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, there, it was there was a reason for it. He just didn't know it yet, right? And, and so, so Dwayne shows up and just pours out Belial into Doctor Needleman's office and says, "I'm going to go wait outside because I'm a pussy, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I don't want to get my hair fucked up." Oh yeah. So <laughs> he just dumps him out. And it tells him to, to get the files or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Make sure he gets the files. Um, so, we then have a pretty dope scene. Well, Needleman, Needleman knows something's up. He hears, he hears noises. noises and whatnot, and he starts uh, creeping around, like, you know, classic horror movie, like, creeping, looking around corners, opening doors slowly, trying to figure out what's going on, and then, boom, Belial in the... In the house. Yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, he rips the door off <laughs> the hinges. Oh, yeah. He, uh, first it, of all, this thing has no legs. Right. It, it, this is the first time we see him. Yeah, he, he's a legless, uh, snaggletooth, tiny lump of, of human clay. A sharp, he looks like a sharp-toothed ball sack. <laughs> that would be the the best way that anyone could ever describe him. <laughs> a sharp tooth ball sack with arms. Yes, that is a, yeah, I uh, would agree with that. The first thing we see the first time we see him he's hanging off of a door frame from the bottom like like he's like silly putty and he just like sticks to shit maybe. After he rips the door down. Yeah, he I mean he's like doing some Spider-Man shit yeah. where he's uh, Dr. Needleman comes through the doorway and he's hanging from the wall on the other side of the doorway. Swings in. Swings in and like a- attacks. Yeah, he like, he like clamps onto his face, doesn't he? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure how he fucking moves. Well, he's like, so he like, it, no, there's no... The physics do not add up I don't here. think there's any musculature there. He's just a glob <laughs> of skin. <laughs> and somehow he's like super strong. He's swinging on shit. If you've ever seen the episode of Family Guy where Peter Griffin loses his bones, <laughs> that's exactly what Belial looks like. Well, he, and, then he, and then he uses his... Somehow he gets momentum and swings in, attaches to Dr. Needleman's face, and... Somehow just, like, scratch it. I don't know if he's biting his face, if it's some kind of clawing movement. It flings him Like around. I said, I don't uh, remember anything that happens anytime I watch this. Yeah, and, and... He falls down, Needleman's all cut up, then Belial straight just slow, as like, as slow as possible reaches toward his stomach. Yes, the slow hands. Yeah, starts to kind of dig in. Cuts away. Cuts away. What happened? Well, there's you see some you see a lot of blood squirting 
There's some blood squirt. There is some blood squirt. Yeah, uh, and then yeah, we we cut away um, to Dwayne doing some stupid shit of some sort. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing. He's always doing something dumb. Yeah, no. Cuts back to Needleman. Cuts back to Needleman. His head is literally at his feet because he is in this short amount of time. Belial has taken him in half and somehow put his legs on the other side of his body. Like you would expect, like the bottom of his abdomen to be near the top of his bottom half, but it's like the opposite oh, no, way around. No. Whereas he's like his bottom half is up top and his top half like, is on the bottom. Like how did this even happen? <laughs> and this little glob just threw him around. It's a flesh glob. That's all he is. <laughs> he's just a glob of flesh, man. He's, he's like, gross though. I mean you gotta Oh get, yeah, like, no no. There's there there are parts where it'll show his face or something and it is Fucking disgusting. Gross. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's kind of like I mean, if it were something that, like, if it, if if, if mo- I woke up in the middle in the middle of the night and I was laying in my bed and I rolled over and sitting on my desk in the corner was Belial, I would I would die. Yeah, I, my it, heart would stop. He's horrifying. This probably could have come across as fairly creepy slash scary. Had. The movie been better. <laughs> Anything would have been better about it. There's no. It's. It's just yeah. I mean, like it, I said, it, it's a classic in in some circles. It's just one that, and I love a lot of old, you know, early '80s, mid '80s, late '80s horror movies. I love a lot of that stuff, but Basket Case has just never, never done it for me. Yeah. Well, and then I I think a lot of a lot of directors. Um, Especially ones that were were good at what they did, as far as when it came to making low budget horror films, uh, they created an air of creepiness around the villain. Yeah. Um, but you just you see Belial in like plain light a lot. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it really yeah. pulls away from how creepy this thing could be if it were shot in like low. Lower light and in the shadows and well, like, and the budget was minuscule, man. I mean, it was a tiny budget, right? You know? So they didn't have. There was no way for them to make this creature look better. They did like the best they could possibly do, and it yeah, just they isn't... they just don't try and fucking hide it, man. No, not at all. Man. Yeah, it, he, I mean, they they just... there's some there's some um some some claymation it looks like stop motion animation like fucking wallace and gromit yeah, yeah. It, it is fucking yeah, yeah it is not it's fucking cheesy yeah and but you know like 1982 yeah you know and i, I mean can, shit blood rage was made in 1983 yeah i and i can just i mean i can just to me i've seen directors who can make something out of that oh yeah even yeah. they know that if they show this thing just as it is, it's going to look cheesy, so they find a way to create an Dude, air of mystery around great it. Great example. Have you ever seen Absentia? I have not. Okay, Mike Flanagan is the guy that did that did Oculus. Did you ever see Oculus? Yeah, I saw Oculus. Uh-huh. Oculus, he's doing the new uh, the Ouija movie, the second, the sequel, okay. which I actually want to see because he's doing it. But Absentia, he made for like, it was something tiny, like $70,000 or something like that. And, you know, it has a creature in it and stuff. Spoilers. But I don't really care. Yeah, we're, right. we're just decided, like we're talking about entire movies from start to finish anyway. So, so you should expect spoilers. Yeah, yeah. So it it 
I don't know, man. He nailed it on like a seventy thousand dollar budget, and it and it's creepy, and, and you know the acting's not fantastic, but the way he films it and the way it's shot, and and the way he like kind of obscures the creature when it does show it, and he has a lot of tension filled scenes leading up to you know when you think it's going to show the creature, and it's just it's per it's it's great, man. They just don't make them like that, and even back then. I don't know, man. This movie just doesn't have that that special quality yeah, about it. it you know, it, for me anyway. For me, it's like going on a first date and just at the beginning of the date, just flopping your dick out onto the table, and just saying, <laughs> "This is this is what I got." Yeah, oh and, yeah. And this is what it looks like. I mean, you, you there's no build up. There's no mystique. There's no no. It's just. I don't, I don't have much, and here it fucking yeah, here is. It is. Do what you will. <laughs> so, uh, that I, yeah, I mean, again, there's there's some really there's some great scenes, but they're great in a bad way. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's really, I mean, I and maybe I mean, that, it's definitely a so good or so bad it's good. Right, movie. And, and I think that's where the uh, the love for this movie comes from is from. Uh, it being so over the top and so cheesy and so fucking terrible. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it was like I was talking about earlier, you know, the uh, just going for it, you yeah. know, like just, just, just taking your idea and your little bit of money that you have and trying to make it fucking work. Sure, and, and, and that's, I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta give it, give it up for that because there's a lot of people that uh, that won't chase their dreams. Oh yeah, you know. So uh, at least he's out there getting it. Yeah. Oh yeah, for so, sure. Hen and Lauder was like, "Fuck it, I'm doing. Uh, I'm it. making this movie." And, you know what? Um, didn't work out this time. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's three of them. There's three. So, of them. So we we've talked multiple times about doing the entire Basket Case trilogy and doing episodes uh, for each, each one each episode, for each yeah. one. So so if that's something you guys would be interested in hearing, let us know. If you if you listen to this episode and you go out and watch Basket Case and you're like, man, that was a pile of shit. That's not worth my time. Then definitely also let us know and we'll we'll avoid the second one and the third one. Yes, uh, you know we 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 don't just do this for ourselves. <laughs> so let us know what you think and uh, if if you want to see the uh, the rest of these, that's definitely something we can do. So. After the doctor gets killed, it cuts to... I, I just wrote down, cut to hot dog feast. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and I wrote down, you know what? I'd be as pissed as Belial, too, if I had to eat cold hot dogs. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he gets pretty angry about it. Yeah, he tosses some uh, hot dogs in to the basket, and Belial does not like it. Now, if you haven't noticed, there are a few scenes in this movie that don't really make a lot of sense. This being one this of them. This is one of them, yeah, for sure. Uh, and so maybe here, I I don't know, he... I know Belial's gotta eat. That right. makes sense. He's a lump of flesh. But didn't he just eat somebody? He ripped him in half. Yeah, I guess he didn't eat, sure. eat any of them, but I, you know... He I, stood him on his own shoulders, we know that. <laughs> so, I, I don't, I don't know, but... Dwayne sets up a TV for Belial because Dwayne is going to sneak out to go on a date with the secretary. Oh, yeah. This is real manipulative of Dwayne, too. He's like, Belial, I got you this TV type situation, you know? The motherfucker turns it on and he just leaves it on static. He doesn't static. even, yeah, he doesn't he even, even find a channel. channel. Yeah, he just no. turns it on static and is like, peace out, bitch. <laughs> oh, nothing's going on. And he leaves to meet 
seventies. No, this no, is this, this is, is no, to go this out. Is, this is to go out with yeah. Susan, right? The secretary. The secretary. Yeah. Uh, again, I have written down here that there's some more weird saxophone music. Uh, oh, they they get on they get full on makeout. Yeah, right I guess here. they blew most of their budget on saxophone solos. Oh yeah, they had to pay out for that. <laughs> there's some choice saxophone cuts here. Uh, that yeah, and then there's just like this really bad makeout session at the park. We're really good. Hey, <laughs> and they're talking about stuff that doesn't really fucking matter. Um, about. I don't even know what they're talking about. Uh, to be honest with you, I zoned out because that, I mean, the acting's terrible. Uh, <laughs> it, it's boring as fuck. I just don't care about anything that's going on. Well, in there's this no, scene. there's no, there was no relationship building whatsoever with these two characters. It was just like he met her at the doctor's office and, then and they, she asked him out. She asked him out. With her super shadow eye makeup, <laughs> and then they met, <laughs> they met at the park, and they're like in love, or and something. they're completely in love with each other. Like they're like, let's get married in love, like ready to go, and, and, so, and so so they're making out, and it cuts straight up, to, ready to bone, right, ready to bone in the park, ready to park bone. Talking, in public, <laughs> talking about like visiting the. Times Square, the Statue of Liberty, or something, some, some something cliche. I think fuck. she's still on one of her rants about tourism. or something, something, yeah, yeah. So then it cuts to Belial in the room, and he's watching his TV. And this is when we okay. Is this the first time we hear? Yeah, this May, is the we, first time we like really hear the the voice of Belial. It wasn't when he killed Needleman. No, I mean, there might have been some noise there, but this is where you just like, what the fuck? Yeah, so like Bel- it- Belial gets pissed because, you know, he's obviously, from that earlier scene in the movie and a couple subsequent scenes that I don't think we maybe got into, he is, he's communicating with Dwayne through brainwaves. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so since they were conjoined twins, they have the ability to speak to each other. And when they got separated... It got stronger. Well, Dwayne lost the ability to speak to Belial via right. ESP, but Belial became able to better speak to Dwayne. Yeah, his, via he got, ESP. his got <laughs> They explained it as his got stronger while while Dwayne, it was like almost he like abs, like like he absorbed Dwayne's ability ability to speak to him without talking. Yeah, so now Belial is just like in his brain all the time. He's just talking and talking and talking. But Dwayne has to talk out loud to Belial. Right. And so this is but this is the first time we see Belial gets fucking pissed that he the trashes TV the room, he gets man. pissed that the TV is static. Everybody hears it. The whole apartment complex it, is blowing up over there. Break like, breaks it. Yeah. Fuck. He breaks the TV, starts pulling drawers out, crashing shit to the floor. And just letting off some of the most god-awful noises I've ever heard. I can't even do it, man. They are, I mean, they don't sound like monster noises. They sound like Bobcat Goldthwaite yelling. Yeah, no, it's 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 just the reason. The reason it sounds like that is because the actor who plays Dwayne does the voices. Oh, yeah. uh, Or the screams or whatever noises Belial makes. And you can fucking tell, man. Like, oh yeah. Like, and it just sounds like him screaming. Well, so a- after, after you know, after I was I was reading some stuff about this, and I saw that that Kevin Van Hattrick, Hattrick, 
actually was also also did a full face cast for Belial. So you're also seeing his face as well as his voice. So I mean, it's basically like Kevin Van Hattrick playing two roles. Not one in this film, but two roles. This is. I, I keep calling back... I think I've called back to Blood Rage at least one other time in this podcast. There's but a it's lot like of, Mark Soper. Yeah, no, there's a lot of um, connections you can draw between these two movies. They have nothing to fucking do with each other. Oh, no. But, they, don't, they don't have a lot in common. I think it's just a matter of, like, the the, the uh, low-budget... Yeah, and, and like, the, I mean, the plots... I don't know. Maybe have, like, some, some point... I mean, you're talking about, uh, like twin brothers or conjoined twins uh so you kind of get that vibe like oh, the yeah, same aspect sure, yeah. and, but it, it, you can draw a lot of connect i'm sure you could draw a lot of connections between this and any other low budget 80s horror movie but being that blood rage is so fresh on the mind oh man and amazing and amazing uh, Blood Rage. Again, if you didn't listen to episode one, you should do yourself a favor, go back and listen to it, and probably watch the fuck out of Blood Rage. Definitely do that, because Blood Rage is one of those, it's one of those hidden gems, man, that people just don't... Basket Case is fairly well known compared to, like, Blood Rage, even. Right. You know, like, not a lot of people have even heard of Blood Rage, so it's definitely worth checking out. So after, um... <laughs> so, yeah, Blah trashes the hotel room, the... Uh, Danny DeVito fucker Bob Hoskins Bob Hoskins By the way it's not it's not Bob Hoskins it, it, He looks like a mixture of Danny DeVito and Bob Hoskins Yeah yeah he for sure does uh, He busts in he, he, he's hero of the day Yeah busts in they look around nothing's there uh they see the room's trashed though and uh he he runs everybody off that's come to look at what's going on and this Creepy old dude from earlier in the movie sticks around. He was he was in the lobby when Kevin Van Hattrick or Dwayne checked, checked in. in to the hotel Broslin, <laughs> and so he uh, he knows he's got a fat stack of cash, and which apparently Dwayne didn't take this money on his date with him. No, he just left it all there. He left it all there. Yeah, because uh, he wasn't planning on paying for shit on his date. <laughs> he said, "Fuck that," <laughs> uh, and. Uh, he steals. He's st- in the process of stealing the money uh, from Eddie Van Hamel, and Belial pops out and touches his face. Touches his so face so hard that it bleeds everywhere. Touches his face to death. Yeah, he touches his face to death. He gives sure. him a bloody face massage. Uh, oh yeah, he just like. He just It's one of the it, worst scenes of attack I've ever seen in anything. I mean, it straight up looks like someone gently massaging someone's it, face with it blood. It could almost it. be sexual if it was just two regular people and not flesh lump. Probably. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. Just some nice facial massage or just relaxing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it looks nice, but so this guy ends up dead. Uh and then we we get a cop that shows up on the scene. The worst cops of all time. Uh, I mean, this guy looks like Arsenio Hall. Uh, <laughs> and he's probably about as great of a detective as Arsenio Hall would be. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he's asking questions. Um, Dwayne and Susan come back to the Sharon. hotel. Susan. 
Susan. Dude, Sharon. I'm not even 100% sure her name is Sharon. <laughs> I, I, I don't remember what her name is. Uh, anyways, the secretary and Dwayne show up uh, to the hotel, and, and Dwayne has a freak out. Get out of here! He get out of here. Get out of here! He, I can't, that's the he, worst he, bobcat <laughs> impression anyone has ever done. He starts, well, he starts, this is some, uh, this is some of the worst acting of the movie right here is when he's trying to, he does this weird shit where he like starts talking about Belial to her and she has no fucking idea what he's talking about. And he's like, if he hurt somebody, he he's going to hurt you. Oh, get yeah, out yeah. of here. Get out of here. Make Get out of here. Runs her off, runs up the stairs, the detective watches him run past, and then decides to question him and search the room. Uh, opens the basket. Opens the basket. What's in the basket? And it's empty. Oh, it's empty. It's empty. And uh, so... Where's Belial? We don't know where Belial is. And I know where he's at. We, we know where he's at. <laughs> but uh, the uh, cop then leaves, which I for some reason, I, I, I'm going into this, when the cop is introduced, I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be like, He's going to have something to do with the plot. Like, the cop's going to know something's up. He's going to be watching Come him. Come back and later, like, investigate. Intervene. And, but no. That is fucking it for the cop. There, he is not in anything else. Again, another pointless fucking character that we're introduced there's, to. There's a bunch, man. I mean, there's really nothing that matters. Even the doctors don't matter. Right. No, I, nothing matters. It's all about the relationship between uh, Belial Dwayne and Dwayne. and Belial. That's it. It's volatile. Yeah. It's yeah. a volatile relationship. It is. It is. Well, we'll get into that. Uh, so the detective leaves. Uh, Dwayne locks up, and he's looking for Belial. And all of a sudden, you hear some gargling out of the some, toilet, some swishing around, <laughs> and uh, Belial comes out of the toilet. And then uh, Dwayne has a just heartfelt moment where oh, he, man, he cuddles the shit out of he, him. He wraps up Belial, uh, the little ball sack, in a towel. Uh, oh, yeah. And holds him on the bathroom floor. He was like his giant underwears. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he was to Belial at that moment. So after, after that, after they have their, their their sweet, sweet brotherly moment, we cut to Dwayne at the bar. Caressing a glass <laughs> of water. <laughs> But, but he's, he's drunk wasted. as fuck. But he's drinking water. <laughs> he's so drunk he like can barely. And it's the worst, the worst drunk acting. This is where he gets into intense. He he does this voice. This with, is the Bobcat section where, of the movie where he's trying to sound like he's drunk, but he just sounds like Bobcat Goldthwait. Which okay, Bobcat. I mean, you can say that sounds kind of like a dude that's super drunk, but. He way it doesn't it doesn't fit him. No, it's just at all. It, it's weird. It's fucking weird. I wish, I, if nothing else, just like see if you can find a clip from this on YouTube or something. Cause dude, just put in Dwayne laughing. I'm sure that'll pull it up. It, it is God, dude. It's fucking weird. If somebody <laughs> hasn't posted this, then everybody's living their lives wrong. It, it's uh, maybe we should post it. Cause goddamn, guys, it uh, it's. Let's post it directly after this. Okay, yeah. We'll, we'll check get... our Twitter, at Gorgab Podcast, and definitely check out this scene. Yeah, we'll, it's horrible. We'll tweet out a few things from this movie for yeah. you, just in case you don't feel like watching the whole movie, because I wouldn't blame you if you, after our critique, you decide not to watch this movie. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't watch this. <laughs> uh, 
So then, this is when 70s prostitute as fuck makes her, like, full appearance and she inserts comes, herself into the story. She comes back into the fray. Yeah, and she, she, sees, she sees Dwayne at the bar and comes up to him, I mean, and just definitely is trying, trying to fuck Dwayne. Right, so they're... We cut to them sitting, you know, she approaches, they have some, some little thing, but it cuts to them in a corner booth with the basket. With the basket. And yeah. he's, like I said, he's literally telling his entire fucking life story. Oh, everything. He's he's telling her that he has a conjoined twin who was cut off of his body and now lives in a basket and he has gotten strong. He talks about how disgusting he is. And about how he murders people. He's deformed and, and he's so ugly. He's ugly and he talks to me, but I can't talk. I mean, there's, like, literally, at this point, the director had to have thought, all right, well, nobody knows what the fuck's going on, so I need to have a scene <laughs> where the main character just literally tells everything about what's yeah. happened and what's going on. Because oh, yeah. that's exactly what he does to the 70s prostitute. And she's just... Laughs it off like they just are laughing. They had like the greatest laugh I've ever seen together. Yeah, like, it was intense. It, it looked real. The laugh, the like, laughing. Imagine the best laugh you've ever had in your entire life. This is what these people are doing about like, his deformed, horribly <laughs> ugly brother that he keeps in a basket and carries around with him everywhere. Yeah, and so this that that's just a weird scene, and we cut. From there to some flashbacks. Is that? Do we go straight to the flashbacks? We go from straight there? to the flashbacks from here. But I what believe. about? No, no, because it goes to they go back to the apartment together. See, and I'm not sure. Yeah, again, I'm not sure if this is uh, in what order this happens. But yeah, so that she carries him back to the apartment. Um, <laughs> because he's too drunk to walk at this point. And so, in the midst of all this, we have... Well, let's just go through the flashbacks real quick. Um, we flash back to him as a child with his conjoined Belial. Um, it's a Belial tumor. Uh, and his dad's like a real asshole and decides... I mean, the whole gist of this thing is the dad hires some doctors to remove Belial from his side. Uh, and so we go through a whole scene of a pretty gruesome surgery uh, with lots of crackling and blood spraying from the surgery. And Belial has the... the His eyes are dead. Like, there's no... It's the creepiest shit. I, and they're blue as hell. They're blue as hell, and they're, they're, they do not move. They're a dead 50-yard stare. Um... I mean, it looks pretty, pretty creepy. But and then the the surgery scene is just like I don't. It's not what surgery looks like. I mean, they're while they're cutting into the into Belial, it it's making like crackling noises. And, and like, blood's just and spurting blood is everywhere. Blood is like shooting like in this, onto the doctor's onto the doctor's faces, faces and and like onto the tools and shit. Like it, it, and then the doctor removes him, and then does some weird massage on on his body. Uh, it's really fucked up. And anyways, Dwayne wakes up, realizes that Belial has been removed, and he gets 
super sad, and he runs away out of sadness. Yes, and um, then we cut to him and the... It'll be okay, Daniel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that one got me. (laughs) Right right to the feelers. Just right down in there. Uh, You know, um, then we cut to him in the basement, correct? Well, they... Belial was thrown in a trash bag mm-hmm. uh, after his removal because that is the sanitary medical way to do things. Right. So Dwayne goes out and finds Belial in the trash bag. Belial's poking his fingers out like, well, like help me. And Dwayne comes up and, and gets him out. So I don't think it actually shows him get him out, but you assume that Dwayne's like, Obviously, he's going to save, save a while. Him. Right. So it cuts back to the dad in the house. And he's hearing noises in the basement, of course. There are some noises. So he, he goes down to investigate. And as he's walking... This is my favorite part of the entire movie. As he's walking, he steps on a nail and makes... Ow! Ow! <laughs> <laughs> and so it cuts to his foot. He lifts it up off the ground and it is literally a nail laying on its side <laughs> on the floor. It's not even like sticking up out of the floor. It's not like a bent over nail head that he stepped on and like hurt his foot on. This thing is not even in anything. It's just laying there. On its side and he just gently steps on it and yells ow. Yeah, in the, in like the arch of his foot too. So it's not like it's not like he stepped on it with his heel, and it like the the head of the nail stabbed him a little bit. It was like he just stepped right over it, basically, and he was. So then he he walks around the corner, and somehow, after investigating for a moment, he finds that there's this. That's a murder machine. Man. Yeah, there's no other way to describe it. It's a. It's a bunch of saws and shit set up on a train track. So, somehow Belial, in this amount of time, has made this... I don't even know how to describe I don't even know what to call it. It's got a fucking saw blade on it. It looks it's like... It's got like a track, and it flies down this track and cuts Dwayne's dad... Directly in half. Perfectly in <laughs> half. Which we don't right see, down the middle. We don't see any of it except for his... Feet. Yeah, and his feet just—they he his. You can tell he just his body separates and he falls apart into the floor. And you can just see his feet laying there in the blood. I I think it's BattleBot, man. That's what the machine is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think Belial just really wanted to compete in BattleBots. Uh, I think we also need to. This is. The scene where the battle bot is racing down the track to destroy Papa Dwayne, uh, he has about a 10 second window to get the fuck out of the way. Yeah, yeah. And he chooses not to do so. So I think he deserves the cutting in half. He pretty much just takes it. <laughs> he just kind of looks at it and says, well, fuck it. Yeah, I'm taking this murder machine. <laughs> Me and the murder machine, one on one. I lose. So this is where it cuts back to 70s prostitute as fuck helping Dwayne home yes. from the bar. Carries him home. Yeah, he can barely get in the the room. She she puts him in bed and then retires to her own bedroom. Yeah, oh yeah. Where she proceeds to brush her teeth, get naked, and pee. <laughs> yeah, she... 
gets half naked and takes a piss. <laughs> and I'm not really sure why. It was important to her character. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it just lets you know what kind of gal she is. She yeah, oh yeah. pees before bed. So she, she lays down and she's asleep immediately. I mean, just like... She falls she's asleep. out. And all of a sudden we get... The slowest double boob grab. Oh, the the little claw, the little claws come sneaking in on the boobs. Belial creeping real hard right now. Not even creeping, straight molesting. No, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> At this point, it's no longer creeping. No, you're right. You're right. It has surpassed that point. So she yells and screams and throws a fit, and everybody in the whole apartment complex comes running in again. Um, and I'm going to be real honest with you, I kind of zoned out on this part. I don't really remember what transpires here other than they can't find Belial. Yeah, she runs out and she's freaking out, and Bob Hoskins, Danny DeVito shows up and, you know, saves the day again. Right. He's, he is the Hotel Broslin hero. He's the true, uh, Dude, hero of keeps, this movie. Keep shit in check. Yeah. So, so Belial gets away with it again. Well, you know, well, he gets away with molestation at this point. At yeah. this point, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the next day, Dwayne takes Blau to a veterinarian. Yes. And this is where we first meet, other than, other than the flashback. Right, this is Dr. Cutter. Present day, Dr. Cutter. Looks exactly the same. Turns out she's a veterinarian because his dad hired a vet to yes. do the surgery because yeah. he thinks he's an animal. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is not good news for Dr. Cutter. No. And first of all, I want to point out the fact that there's the res- this weird scene with the receptionist. Yeah. Oh, where yeah. you can see the receptionist, and then it pans over to a doorway, and the same receptionist is standing in the doorway. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, did she just teleport? Or it's later revealed that they're apparently twins, but like, uh, the. The way this was shot did not allude to that in any manner. Oh, no, no. Uh, and it really freaked me out when that happened. I thought, I, I didn't know what to think. So so he he confronts Dr. Cutter. Dwayne confronts Dr. Cutter with Belial in tow. And she's the most hardcore bitch on earth. She does not give a fuck not about a single him. Fuck. Belial, probably any of the animals she treats, <laughs> or anyone other than Cuddles. She's literally... Oh, Cuddles, yeah. <laughs> she literally is just a fucking bitch. She's all about Cuddles. So there's a confrontation between Dwayne and her, and then Belial busts out of the basket and attacks her. And he, like... First, I think the first thing he does is... Just just straight shove two fingers down her throat. Yeah, he like he's starts just choking her. her. He's choking her with his two fingers, and she's like, she's still fucking fighting off Dwayne. Um, oh man, spewing blood out of the mouth. Because uh, Bilal, I guess his fingers cut her throat, maybe her, her tongue. tongue or something. But yeah, there's just blood pouring out of her mouth. Uh, Somehow Belial then jumps on her back. Start. Not not really sure how he pulled it off. Once again, I don't even know how this thing fucking moves. Yeah, and, and so she's trying to get him off her back, and she reaches for a drawer of 
Scalpels? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, disorganized drawer of scissors and scalpels. Apparently, apparently in a medical setting, they just throw all that shit in the drawer. And she's trying to, to grasp one of these with her bloody hands and can't get a hold of one. And then... I'm not sure where Belial gets the force to do yeah, this. Yeah, there's no leverage. He has no leverage, but somehow he forces her face down into the drawer of scalpels, and the twins, uh, twin receptionists hear all this noise going on, so they run to the door and bust, she is bust the door open. Just real fucked up. By <laughs> and Dr. Cutter is scalpel faced. Dude, it's like, okay, imagine like like uh, the lead Cenobite, aka Pinhead from Helldown Heart or Hellraiser, but with scalpels. Yeah. Sticking out of her face. Straight out of her And there's this. this oh my God. Just dude. this scene where she just. I think we timed it. I mean, she screams for eight seconds straight as she oh, slowly yeah. lowers herself out of frame. Yeah. It's just. A terrible shot. Oh, yeah, no. It's... But hysterical. Oh, it's this, great. This is one of those scenes that really sticks with you. I mean, it looks pretty gruesome, the scalpels in the Oh, face. yeah, for sure. They don't look overly fake, but... That's one of those things that people are, are especially afraid of for some reason. Kind of like a... Kind of like hypodermic needles, you know? Like, is it Saw 2, where they push that girl into that pit that's all hypodermic needles. She's trying to crawl out and escape. You know, it's one of those things. Like to me, scalpels are kind of right there with, right, with yeah. hypodermic needles. They, you know, they, they can kind of induce a fear. I, I I could see see why people would not like to see that. Okay, so so it cuts back to the apartment. Dwayne's back. He's running back to his room, and he runs into the secretary. The secretary. Sharon, Susan. Don't really care what her name is. <laughs> doesn't matter. Inconsequential. In yeah, doesn't matter. So they have this little makeout sesh for a while because, you know, they're completely in love with each other after the total of 11 minutes that they've spoken to each other. And she, she gives him some spiel about, I want to be with you, I want to be with you, or some crap. And they go back to the room, and they start necking. Oh, yeah, getting, getting some... <laughs> Necking on. Uh, they are fucking necking. And uh, there's this, n- another great double, slow double boob grab <laughs> yes. performed by Dwayne. Um, obviously, he has never touched any boobs. No, it's <clears throat> the worst boob caress I've ever seen. It, it's It looks painful. Yeah, I mean, I don't think she enjoyed it. But it's also slow, like as if it's meant to be <laughs> sensual, but it, yeah, it's weird. So they like are doing their like fucking gaping jaw makeout session. Uh, getting after it. And and all of a sudden, Belial <laughs> decides to join in. Uh, and so Belial pops out, scares Susan, and... Seemingly is going to attack Sharon, Susan, Susan, Sharon, whatever her fucking name is. And so Dwayne just wraps her up like a wet burrito. He just makes a fucking burrito out of her with the comforter and like throws her throws her out of the room. I guess he's trying to protect her, but (laughs) just the way he goes about it. Oh, yeah. No, the worst way to do it. So she she runs away, obviously. And he Dwayne decides that time to go to sleep. Yeah, I'm just going to go to sleep now. Uh, Bilal comes out of the basket and 
kind of caresses Dwayne's face. Yeah. There's a strange... Goes back to that love-hate relationship between the two of them. Right, like he loves him, like he was saying goodbye, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Touches his face, caresses, breathes at him real hard, (laughs) and stares at him. Which So this is basically Kevin Van Hattrick breathing and staring at Kevin Van Hattrick (laughs) at this point. So meta. Yeah, oh yeah, I mean, it's next level. (laughs) So, then it cuts to Dwayne running down the streets of New York naked as fuck. With the biggest pube fro. (laughs) Just some dark, dense pube fro. Hey man, it was the early 80s. Kevin Van Hattrick was cool with it. So, So apparently this scene... They originally wanted to end the movie with with Belial running through the streets of New York, but they couldn't afford it. Like the, they didn't have enough of a budget to do that, and they couldn't pull it off. So they call up Kevin Van Hattrick and say, "Hey, man! Instead, we just want to film you running down a street. Fuck yeah, sign me up. Yeah, man. he was all for it, man. Do it. And I don't know why he was so all for it. I can't tell if he's very well endowed or not. No, I don't think it's anything incredibly." I mean, it's Special. all covered up by pubes. Yeah, oh yeah. So Sharon... Susan Sharon, secretary. Whatever whatever her name is. So she's just laying in bed naked at this point, and uh, Dwayne is running down the street naked and creeps into her bedroom, runs his hand up her thigh and leg... He caresses the shit out of her body. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, Dwayne wakes up. And it cuts back to the bedroom where Susan Sharon's secretary is sleeping. And we find out it's Belial who is in the room slowly caressing her body. So they have a true connection to where he's seeing what Belial's seeing while sleeping and thinking that this is him here. So there, yeah, I don't. I guess there was maybe supposed to be some deeper meaning. May, there, maybe or I don't something, know. but probably not. Probably not. Uh, but so, so then we get into what is definitely the pinnacle of this film. It's the it, it's one of the greatest final five minutes or so that I've ever seen. The, honestly, the whole movie is worth watching to see this last five minutes. Yeah. So Dwayne runs to. Secretary Sharon Susan's house mm-hmm. and finds Belial after he has strangled her. He's, he's so it shows him, you know, strangling her, essentially murdering her, and then pans out to him bloodily raping her with his yeah. under flag. This sound okay. So so <laughs> this sounds so intense that it, like I I feel weird talking about it, but it's really not that intense. No, it's just one of those things where it's like there's a blob of skin pouncing up and down on her, and there's a bunch of blood, and she's dead. Yeah, she's dead at this. We're point. talking some necro stuff here, right? I mean, obviously there there doesn't show any penetration or anything like that, but it's obvious that he's. Where's his penis? I don't, I don't know. He's a, he's a, just a glob of skin, down and he's just, it's just flapping on her. Yeah, so he's he's raping this dead body, right. basically, and, and then Dwayne pops in, and he's like, oh, fuck no, 
Scoops Belial Shoves him back in the basket. Runs back to his apartment. On the way, all the while, he's slamming him against, like, everything he sees. Yeah. Trees, walls, mailboxes, just like, ah, Belial! Like, just bam, and he's hitting him on shit. Obviously upset with Belial at this point. Trying to teach him a lesson. And so he takes him back to the room, and then... A fight ensues. A fight happens. Brotherly... Love. And this is the showdown, guys. This is it. And in what has to be the most gruesome death, the worst way to die, uh, Belial looks up at Dwayne and just picks him up by his dick. After, after like, the whole fucking hotel comes in the room, they're like, what's going on? And, and Dwayne's like, get out of here! Like, and then Belial picks him up by his dick. Full on, dude. Just like, straight over his head, holding him up, hoisting him up by his dick and balls. Uh, and then they proceed to fall out the window. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where they hang on to the Hotel Broslin sign. Um, some people on the street all gather around. Mostly prostitutes, mostly from what prost- I can tell. Prostitutes, uh, and they're I, hanging, and somehow Belial is holding the sign and strangling Dwayne at Dwayne the, same, at the time. same time. I can't tell if he's trying to save him. He's definitely strangling him. So, well, Dwayne goes limp at one point, like out, and Belial is still hanging on, like he's trying to save him, uh, but he he just can't do it. And guys, they fall to the. They fall to their death. They fall to the ground from the 11 and a half foot high Hotel <laughs> Broslin and slam into the pavement and blood just starts pouring out of Belial all over his own face and they lay there and this is where, this is pretty much where we, that's pretty much where we end our movie. Cut. 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 That's, that's it. fucking it, man. The, I mean, I'm sure Hennenlauter was like, God damn it, we nailed that Th- That scene. We were crushing it. Now, now, let me say something real quick <laughs> about the credits. So, they didn't have enough people. I mean, it was only made by a handful of people. And they didn't want to put the same names for so many people on so many different you know, parts of the production. So, they just made up names <laughs> to fill those spots. Because they didn't want to have the same names repeated over and over. And it's not even like a ton of names. No, but so most of the names credited on this movie are not real people. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a very, like, yeah, very few actual people in the credits. So don't, if if you're sitting there thinking like, man, the sound editing of this movie is amazing. And don't think you're going to be able to go look that person up and see what else they've done. Because that person most likely isn't real. So... That was Basket Case. Uh, Daniel, let's, let's go on to uh, to Stab Ratings. Yeah, let's man. get right into this here. Um, stab. For, okay, let's do a star rating first. If you were going to give this a... If you were going to go on IMDb and give this th- this thing a star rating, what would you say? Star? Say you? Uh, star rating, two. Whew. Pretty harsh. Two stars. And that, that's, if I'm, harsh. that's if I'm being objective and just... Was this a good movie? No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I I couldn't. You know, I I it would be an injustice to give this anything more than two stars in my mind. 
Yeah. If we're talking about solely on how this stacks up compared to other movies, on a grand s- scale of rating movies, two. Okay. All how about right. how, how about yourself on the stars? What what do you give it on the stars? Stars, I'll go a little bit higher because I've seen worse. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say a, a five. A five. Wow. Four four to five stars. Okay. Now let's get into what really matters here. Stabs. Stabs. I'm going to give this a solid five, maybe a light six on stabs. That's that's acceptable. That's that's acceptable. I'm going to say, listen, man, this movie, like I said, there are, there are circles of people that love this movie. You know, and, and it's, it's, like I said, it's a trash classic that, that came from that era, man. Like, you, you just don't... Movies now, you don't see stuff like this anymore. So based on the amazing acting, <laughs> the the beautiful cinematography, the great kills, which I was kind of disappointed in, honestly, all five times that I saw it. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to see better kills. I'm a huge uh, I'm a huge kill guy, I guess you could say. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a good six. I'm gonna give it a six stabs. Six stabs. Light, okay. maybe a light six, like you said. Yeah, so, something right so around. It that seems area. like we kind of agree. I again, an enjoyable watch. If you have free time, it, it, you're not gonna regret that you watched it. If you don't have free time, you will regret that you watched it. Yeah. Oh yeah. There are better <laughs> things you could do with your time. <laughs> but, there are better uh, movies that you could be watching for but, sure. But definitely worth worth a watch if this is your type of thing oh yeah which yeah, if you're yeah. listening to this probably is it's probably your type so of you should, if, you if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it then you're probably terrible at whatever it is that you do <laughs> you, you should definitely watch this movie go watch it you can uh gosh i think you can stream this no this one is not available to stream so but you can buy this movie on amazon for like nine bucks yeah that's uh synapse films has, has a blu-ray on, on blu-ray awesome. it's like nine dollars so yeah Definitely, if you're a fan of horror, this is one you should add to your collection. Probably um, not worth it otherwise. Yeah, if, yeah. If you're not a big horror fan, I would maybe steer clear. Yeah, yeah. I so. mean, this this is definitely a a collector or, or or just like a huge horror movie fan type movie. Like you have to be able to appreciate what they did. Yeah, and, and even then, it might be kind of hard to do, even if you're a fan. So that's going to do it for this episode of Gore Gab, and that is Basket Case. Uh, if you guys have seen this movie and want to share your thoughts, you should check us out on Twitter at Gore Gab Podcast. And also, if you have any suggestions for other movies, or if you want to just generally tell us that we're idiots because we didn't like this movie, or whatever your opinions are, feel free to share that with us on Twitter. Uh, also at uh, Gorgab Podcast nineteen eighty five at gmail dot com. Yeah, send us uh, send us an email. Uh, give us a long rant on what you thought about this movie or any other movie or we'll, the podcast or the podcast. We'll read really anything that anyone sends anything that you to send us. us. We will read. So make sure you get you know get any thoughts, opinions, suggestions to us, and we'll check those out. So we will see you guys next time. This episode was brought to you by Cubholder Radio. 
You can find more episodes of this show and others at cupholderradio.com or wherever podcasts are sold. If this podcast doesn't make your skin crawl, it's on too tight. Hi, I'm Brennan. And I'm Sergio. What will it take for us to get you into a new podcast today? I don't know. Are you going to put me in one? Actually, Sergio, you are in one. Both of us host the Scream 101 podcast. It's a horror movie review podcast where every month we dive deep into a specific genre, starting from the biggest hits and going down to the most obscure. This month, we're doing vampires. 20,000 leagues into vampires. Yep, that... You said deep, um, and that makes yeah. me think ocean. Yeah, sail the ocean of different unknown genres with us. Vampires. Find us on Cupholder Radio every weekend or wherever podcasts are sold, i.e. the podcast app on iTunes.